thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Abnormal Psychologist, the show that shares everyday insights into getting the best out of your mind, body, and lifestyle. Now, please welcome your host, The Abnormal Psychologist herself, Carrie Thompson-Casey. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Abnormal Psychologist with me, your host, Carrie Thompson-Casey, the show where we are giving you the how-to to get the best out of you. And today, I am feeling so excited because we're talking to Nikki Parkinson, who is the fabulous blogger and author of the amazing book, Unlock Your Style. And she gives lots of information to lots of women and talks about fashion and styling, but I love what she does for women in terms of empowering us to enjoy our own sense of style. So welcome, Nikki. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Carrie. It's very exciting. So Nikki, tell everybody who's listening a little bit about yourself and how you ended up being the fabulous blogger that you are. I'm the kind of the accidental blogger. So um, it's a funny story and you couldn't be an accidental blogger these days because there's so much help and online resources and conferences and everything out there. Yeah. But I made a giant leap from 20 years as a journalist and jumped into um, starting my own business as a personal stylist um, seven years ago this July, so quite some time ago now. But I wanted a website that I could update myself and a friend of my husband's who he was working with at that time said, oh, you need a blog. I'll do you one. And I went, okay. And then I went home and Googled what a blog was. <laughs> and, and I went, okay, sure, that looks great. That means I'm going to be able to do what I want to do and still share information and um, have a web presence that hopefully people can find. And I kind of um, muddled my way through and continued to do that. Um, the business was very much in infancy stages, so I was I was working with clients and building up a client base, but also I was still doing freelance writing and um, tutoring at uni and a bunch of different things to obviously keep income flowing as yeah. as anyone starting out and and kind of working on a consultancy business would do. But about a year and a bit in, um, I always – does anyone else, like when you like think back on the years, you go, gee, I must be getting old because I go, was that – what year was that? <laughs> um, I know what you mean. Yeah, so about a year and a bit in, I realised that there was um, – Twitter was kind of young in Australia. There wasn't a lot of people on it, but somehow I've stumbled onto it and – I kind of liked, I was loving hanging out there because I was connecting with people all around Australia in different industries, similar industries, and just making kind of connections and realizing that a lot of people had blogs attached to their Twitter account. And when I started to look at some of these blogs and and talk to more people online, I realized that blogging was a thing and that they, blogs were conversation starters and I love a chat. So, yes. <laughs> so I've gone, finally, I've got a media that I really love. It's not about broadcasting. It's about sharing information and starting a conversation. And so I kind of then had that approach to all the content that I would put up and share. Like it was always advice-driven content and it has been since that that day. But it's, it's advice-driven content with not me necessarily having – all the answers because if I just had all the answers then it's not a conversation you're not you know today on the blog I have how to 
um, make a blow dry last, but I've got predominantly straight hair. So <laughs> it's great that some curly haired people have popped up and said how it works for them because someone coming to read that post will go, but I've got curly hair. And then in the comments, there's advice for them on how they do it. So it's kind of like that whole community factor is the fun bit. Like it, it's not about just putting reams and reams of information out into the internet. It's about actually starting a conversation. And I just fell in love with the way that that works and the way I can connect with readers every day, the way I can get instant feedback um, and the way I can connect with other bloggers doing similar things all around the world. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen that um, movie, Happy. Uh, it's a documentary with, I think his name's Tom Shadyac. He did a lot of um, the films with um, Jim Carrey. And he did a documentary called Happy on um, what makes people essentially happy. I think he had some kind of illness or injury and he was in hospital. I'll get to the point in a second. I promise it's got, <laughs> which relates to community. But he was lying in bed and, he, you know, was wondering – you know, how is it that all these rich and famous people that he works with in Hollywood, how come no one's happy? And when he thought about it, the happy happiest people he knew were actually his cleaning lady and his gardener. So he created this documentary to find out what was it about, um, what was it that made these people happy, even though from his idea, they didn't have stuff. Um, and what he found, it was a, being grateful for what they did have. But the biggest thing um, was feeling um, connected to a community and how powerful that is or feeling like you belong to something, whether it's a large family unit or a club or something like that. But that that connectedness um, was very powerful. And, and we were talking before the call a little bit about, you know, women and, and can, women can be so powerful when we get together. So it sounds like your blog was really powerful in drawing women together to talk about um, themselves and tips and styling. Yeah, and just to find a space where they felt comfortable to do that. Um, predominantly, um, my audience are women 30 and up. Um, I would say the core um, demographic is 30 to 55. And if you look around at mainstream media, there's not a lot that um, offers that kind of support and advice and talking to that age group. Um, yes, young, definitely. Yeah. Definitely young women have infinite sources to go to online and offline in mainstream media. But for women 30 and up who, you know, we're going through possibly leaving the workforce to have kids, returning to the workforce after kids, um, changing jobs uh, a lot of women are changing relationships during those periods of time um, and you be, you might become the mother you might lose your mother you might have all these things happen and we're complex enough as it is and so when that stuff happens we lose our confidence and our ability to express who we are through what we wear because we've gone well, actually, not that person anymore. I'm not that person who used to, you know, two years ago when I used to go to my corporate job in the city, this is what I would wear every day. But now I've chosen to work part time. And so half my week, I'm in the playground with the kids um, or at home doing consultancy work. So, you know, your wardrobe 
does reflect your lifestyle. And if you can't match your wardrobe so that you feel confident in what you're doing, it can just be this little stumbling block to, to you know, getting through your day and your week. Yeah, I think that that's something almost biological. I don't know if there's any science behind that, but I think um, that there's the way that we present ourselves is almost programmed into us, that we were designed to attract um, other people, uh, well, blokes, I suppose, so that we could go on and sort of populate the universe. But I think it's become more than that for women in the last 30 or 40 years. As you said, we've moved into the corporate world. Um, the competition is is not just, um, you know, to compete for a man and drag him back to the cave kind of thing. We've, we're trying to perform not only in our careers, um, but also maintain that femininity as well you know and it's I think it's a really tricky combination to to keep the confidence going not only in our career but also you know how we present ourselves and I, and I don't know if you agree but sometimes it um, I hear other women talk about how women really dress for other women they're not necessarily dressing for the blokes at the workplace they're, they're dressing um, in a way for each other whether it's um you know, whether it's a, a evening event or whether it's for work, what's been your experience of women? Um, I think women do do that, but I actually encourage women to dress for themselves, um, which is a hard concept to get around because women have typically problems in prioritising themselves. But what I want to do, rather than give women a whole bunch of rules around style, I actually want to give them the tools to clear out the clutter, work out who, which personality or personalities they want to show to the world, depending on the occasion, and dress so that they feel confident in that situation. And how I might dress for a situation to feel confident is most probably going to be different from the next person. And I actually want us to celebrate that. I want us to celebrate the fact that it, the, the world is made up of such amazing, beautiful personalities that we don't need to all look like cookie-cutter versions of each other for that to happen. And I think as we age, we can find that confidence a little easier because we do generally lose some of the, oh, my God, what will other people think? kind of thing definitely but, yeah but I think it's always it's still a daily <laughs> a daily task to deal with that voice in your head um and if if you're doing it if you're dressing for yourself to feel confident then it is going to help on an everyday basis I think that's awesome because I th as I said before you know so um I don't know if other women have had my experience but that idea of who am I dressing for as I said some people maybe dress with other you know to compete with other women or dress because they want to look similar to other women or they want to dress like someone they they idolize in the media and I think it gets so lost because you know just something as simple as going shopping and you know I want to look like that or I want to create that image but you know I'm you know if I buy these pants and I buy that so I just love that concept that you have about really dressing to your own sense of style um, and I think that also helps with a bit of decision fatigue as well yeah. in, in the morning you yeah. know um, which I think some some women if they're anything like me as well they stand there and stare um, into their cupboard and <laughs> waiting for some kind of outfit to magically appear and come yeah. out so what kind of I mean I, I love your blog and I love um, your Facebook feeds um, tell us a bit about the model and me. How did you come up with that idea? Um, like everything that I've tried online <laughs> by accident, um, I was asked by a 
boutique on the Sunshine Coast um, for a couple of years, but this was the first year. They did quite an intimate uh, model, a sort of fashion night to launch their spring collection of a label um, each year, just at the boutique owner's home, but, you know, just a lovely maybe 50 people came along and the boutique itself is very um, much for helping everyone feel great in what they wear and very much focuses on buying outfits that are mostly for the everyday. We're not talking about occasion outfits. And one of those labels is Metallicus that um, to most people, if they haven't experimented with the range, they go, oh, my God, I can't wear that because I'm not size 8 or size 6. Um, it's not for me because there's a lot of stretchy, it's stretchy one size fits all kind of garments. Um, and I have loved the label for a long time and I even wore stuff when I was pregnant that I still have in my wardrobe. And, and the last pregnancy was almost 10 years ago, was 10 years ago. So I was one of the ones they got into just, uh, <laughs> dispel that myth um, and that I could wear what uh, the models, the the actual models who look like models would, were wearing. And I was very happy to do that because it was all part of my message. And then as they had the photographer taking the photo, I realised that the same dress that I was wearing in this particular photo was also one of the campaign images for Metallicus at that time. And I went, ha, huh, the model and me, look at that. And then I thought, <laughs> I'm going to do a blog post on that. And that was maybe three and a half years ago. And it wasn't weekly at that time. It was just as I had access to a garment and also access to the campaign image that shows shows the garment on a model. And probably for at least the last year or so, I've aimed to run that every Monday, Model and Me Monday. And it's not about saying that I look better in the garment than the model it is all about showing how it will look on a different shaped woman plus also a different um a woman of a different height because models typically are six foot so a lot of women struggle to visually take the concept of that garment on a six foot tall size six to eight and even comprehend that it could be something that they could try themselves so even if they're in a store and they see that big poster of the woman wearing the garment they're not even likely to try it on because there's just such a big disconnect between themselves and that so it's not saying that everyone who reads my blog is my size it's just that I'm giving another option to how it would look and someone reading that blog post can say well oh actually I'm a I'm in a size smaller than Nikki, um, but I'm two sizes up from that model and I, I'm 10 centimetres shorter. So I can see, I can kind of, I've got more of a scope to visualising whether that's going to work on me. So that's why they've been successful. It's just showing the same thing on another option. Absolutely. And I think it's um, what I love about it is that I think, for example, the one that you did on Monday, is that with the, with the long sort of neck lacy drapey sort of? Yep. yep. Yeah. So that's um, was that something like that that might be a little bit uh, not low cut, that's not the right word, or 
confronting for someone because it was quite um, billowy and sort of drapey. Yes. Yep. The way that you styled it with the, the piece underneath. Yeah. You know, I think it was a piece underneath anyway. No, so. no, I just knotted it. Just, All right. Okay. Yep, knotted it at the front. Wow. Yeah. So, and again, just something as simple as that. That's what I think is really valuable. Um, if people wanting to do something just slightly different is you're showing them such a simple way to add a slight change here and a slight change there for someone yep. who like me, who has no fashion sense whatsoever. It's, you just seem to make it so effortless in the way you can bring it from I'm confused to, ah, yes, this is how I could style myself in a similar look because I love that look, but I'm not game enough to do it myself. Yeah. So would that be what you're aiming for there? Um, yeah, there's a little bit of that in, in all the way. Um, in all that, it just gives people um, different ideas. So they might even have a similar garment already and they'll go, oh, I hadn't thought to wear it with that. Um, that's definitely it. But the main thing is that women, and I, I worked with 150 different women before I stopped doing personal one-on-one consultations the main thing that I found apart from the fact that it doesn't matter if you're size 6 or 26 everybody has body issues um, yeah. the main thing I found is that 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 lack of ability to visualize that yeah, okay. themselves yeah. in what they see in a, a in a marketing image and that comes back to again that that once you reach a certain age um, we're not even marketed to in fashion. Like even a label or a store that is designed for women over th- is aimed at women over thirty will use an eighteen or a twenty year old to market to us. So there's that disconnect between yes. the consumer and the fashion industry. And I'm trying to bring that together. <laughs> at the, the, and I'm talking about the big companies here and the and the high end designers. That's what they will do. When when you're talking about independent labels and um, small boutiques, no, they're they're still connecting very well with their customer. They know who that customer is, and they're helping to um, address cut, them. Yeah, they're helping to cut through the marketing that's pretty much working in the opposite to what it should be. And that's that's seriously why I've been able to build up this audience because no one is talking to women after a certain age about fashion, even though we are a generation and all the generations coming after us are not going to stop caring about how we present ourselves to the world. We, you know, there's this amazing blog um, based in New York. It's a photographer who has started it because he's um, it's called Advanced Style, and he photographs these fabulously stylish, eccentric ladies in New York who, if you told any of them that they had to suddenly, you know, look invisible and and not show who they were to the world, they would just laugh at you. You know, that that's what, you know, that's the extreme of what someone might go to. But the whole thing is, um, even, at, even in my mother's generation, a woman my age would would kind of just be, oh, she's just invisible now. That's okay. Just wouldn't. like there's no expectation. Yeah. Like we had there's like- no expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember my grandmother wearing the same kind of cotton frock every day. She wouldn't have thought anything about it. Maybe she wore a different dress for for church on a Sunday, but it was. Whereas now, and I think it's because women. Um, either return to the workforce or don't really ever leave it. We are wanting to, you know, we're not 
prepared to just go and hide under under a rock and and forget that we have a sense of style. So, of, so that's a lot of women. A hundred. So, is that one hundred and fifty women, or were there men yes. as well? Women. Uh, I don't think. Was there any men? No. No. Men don't need styling help. Okay. <laughs> so maybe if they're in a high-powered job and they just want someone to help with their personal shopping, that can happen twice a year and in bulk. And <laughs> that's because they aren't as complicated as us, and we like to have options. Yes. Whereas, <laughs> and we also probably get a bit more pleasure out of shopping as yes. well. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, even my husband who actually likes clothes, he will mostly do the twice a year stock up. There might be a couple of bits in between, but yeah, usually it's like, oh, well, my business shirts need replacing, bang, let's go. <laughs> um, I need a new suit, bang, that's yeah. it. So it's, it's, quite, um, it's quite different. And so very early on, I realised that, the people who I was talking to were women, and um, because they were looking for somewhere. What was to that? Talk yeah. about. So, what was that like? To I can imagine. Um, I, maybe it wasn't, but I can imagine maybe having um, a female client that comes in and is looking for some styling advice. Was it was it like watching a, a flower open almost when you started to see these women say, "Oh no, I couldn't wear that." And then suddenly they started to be able to express themselves through some of the clothes you'd be suggesting and you would see them, you know, come alive to that part of themselves. For sure. And, I mean, um, a lot of the clients I work with, we worked in their wardrobe to start with before we went shopping. So that was a huge privilege to be asked to come in and um, uh, to to help them that because we do um, hold on to a lot of things and emotions through our clothes. Yes, that yes. Then, and I'm not just talking good stuff. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, and, you know, that is a privilege and people were scared at that point. Like it, it does actually a good starting point because it gets over that fear factor that I'm actually not wanting to change you. I'm just wanting to enhance you. I'm not trying to um, make you someone who you're not, but being in someone's wardrobe and really sorting and decluttering does give me a great um, picture of of who that person was and it was a real eye-opener to me to see um, the the depth sometimes of the emotions tied to clothes. Um, on the one hand, there'd be the simple one, well, I've bought it, it'd be a waste of money to get rid of it. And I said, well, uh, are you wearing it? Does it fit? Uh, no. Well, it's kind of a waste to be sitting there too. So um, that whole thing that you talked about looking in at, a wardrobe and trying to work out what you're going to wear every day. Um, if you've actually got less and everything in your wardrobe you pick out and makes you feel fabulous, then you've always got something to wear. So at the crux of it, it's kind of really sorting out what's in there first um, before you do the shopping. And you can't really shop. And through my book and always on the blog, I'm just – always on about this you can't go shopping until you've sorted out what you actually already own and what the gaps are because it's so easy to be seduced by the show ponies I talk about you know anything with a sparkle or a pattern or something that we feel is going to give us that instant hit but there's no it's not going to give you an instant hit if you bring that sparkly top home and you don't have a pair of jeans that make you feel good when you put them on so you, you're going to end up with not wearing the, the sparkly top because 
you've got nothing to wear it with. Yes, I think, yeah, that's really important is to never buy a single piece just because it's fabulous. You know, always buying it to be, uh, you know, buy an outfit or, you know, otherwise you're always ending up with all these mismatched pieces. That's right. And it makes it really even harder, as you said, to, to pick out something that is going to make you feel good as well as, you know, you know, look good and match half the stuff that you've got. So I was wondering if you could tell the listeners, what have you learned about women through your blog and your workshops and your book? I, I know that you, you know, I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but you've touched a lot of women's lives and really taught them how to, as you said, to style themselves, to see themselves as their very own fashion icon and not necessarily be looking to all the trends that have been marketed to them, but to know what makes them feel great and makes them, you know, walk tall and feel proud of themselves and strong um, because they're you know, enjoying their own fashion sense. What do you, what have you seen in women and what have you learned about women through your experiences? Um, I've learned that uh, we can all be fabulous if we let ourselves. And um, what I've loved, particularly with the book events that I've got around Australia with, is that I can often have um, two or three generations in the same audience with me. So a mum and daughter, sometimes I've had the adult daughter the or young adult daughter the middle-aged mum and the grandmother and they've all got something out of what I've got to say because I don't believe this is age specific this is all about who you are and what stage of life that you're in right now and um, I've had regular readers come up to me at this event um, young mums in particular in tears saying you've helped me so much like I was so lost Um, you know I'd had my babies or my baby and I really just didn't know who I was anymore but I worked through through the steps and I just have this confidence that I didn't have and and it's it's about I just want people to find that confidence through whatever works for them and too often this stuff gets dismissed as superficial but sometimes it's the it's the little it's the armor that can help you get through whatever your day is and and that was definitely something that I was getting back from from the women that I would meet face to face but also um, from emails I get from readers every day about that and that that's a real privilege it's an amazing thing and that's the reason why I get up and do what I do every day because of actually helping people and and speaking to them in a judgment-free way. Yes, and I think one of the the first episode of The Abnormal Psychologist was around self-knowledge and how valuable that is to, to know yourself and, and perhaps, you know, um, I should have integrated into that is, you know, knowing your, you know, your, your sense of style because I think there's a real comfort there. Not in, It's not just about feeling fabulous. I think part of it sometimes like feeling coming, like you're coming home to yourself, if that makes yeah. any sense. Is that- I, think, I think it's tied up in the personality. So what I try to get them to do is think about and, and maybe this would be a great thing to, to seek further help on if they don't really understand what their personality is. Understand who that is that you want to show to the world and then how can you show that? Because if you can match that with the how, and part of that how is what we visibly put on, then the confidence will come that it's okay to be that personality. And I do have several wardrobe personalities. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, 
And I also say that's fine too because you because know, they're some, organized, they're, they're yours. Yeah, and there's <laughs> some and some days I will feel like I need to dress quite classically or preppy, and other days I really like a relaxed bohemian kind of feel to to how I dress. And I think that it, too often we can get. Uh, hung up on kind of pigeonhole ourselves, which is why in the book I touch on body shapes and colours, but I kind of go against the grain about most image consultants who will give people set body shapes and colours because I don't want more rules because yeah, it gets, gets complicated in, then it again. In the way of trying to understand who you are um, and I want when you understand who you are and you get more of a change room confidence, you'll see the spark in your eyes when you put something on and it gives you that feeling that you are reaching for and you need to go on that as opposed to looking through course notes and working out what the rules are. So tell me, what have you learned about yourself through this experience with all with your fabulous blogging? What have you learned about yourself? Um, I've learned that... Uh, you know, I, goodness, see, there we go. <laughs> it's women, <a> <laughs> women and their self-belief. Um, I've learned that I've got something to say and that what I've, I've felt for a very long time is valid and that um, can actually help people in their lives. And I've learned to acknowledge that there are all kinds of women in this world and every woman has the power to make others feel good about themselves so um, for me to recognize that and realize that I can help that women every day do that it has been kind of the biggest gift of all probably no I think that's amazing I think you you are a great gift to women in, in, in how you help us out so can you give us three of your top styling tips that you would give to women so this is easy and it's it's easy for me to list, but then there is work involved. Um, number one, you have to declutter your wardrobe. And in the book, I go through everything. So it's it's there is a process that ensures that you do this so it's useful for you. Yeah. Um, you can't go shopping until you've done that. Number two is that you need to shop for the basics first. And what basics I might need will be different from yours. But it's those basics that form the building blocks of your wardrobe and enable you to always have something to wear. And number three is working out what show pony pieces, once you've bought those basics, what show pony pieces are going to help show your personality to the world through what you wear. So you've got to declutter the wardrobe, shop for basics, and then I'll let you get the show ponies to show your personality. Uh, that's awesome. So if, if people want to buy the book or come to your workshop, where's the best place to find you? Um, so stylingyou.com.au, that's my blog and there's new content on there every day, Monday to Friday. Um, but my book is called Unlock Your Style and that is available in all bookstores and discount department stores and online, online at places like Booktopia. So um, that's available for sale um there's an events page on my blog and i do do book events around the country i did 22 um in five months last year wow um, yes but it, that's there's um 
new bookings go on there all the time and that's dependent on bookstores or libraries wanting to book me to come and do an event. So you never know when there might be one near you. Um, There's a couple of dates up there at the moment and then there's things being booked throughout the year already. Oh, wonderful. Well, it's been so nice talking to you. Thank you for sharing your wonderful fashion wisdom with us. Thanks, Carrie. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. And before I go, I just wanted to let our Brisbane and Gold Coast listeners know about two events that I'll be running. The topic is resilience for the anxious mind and body, because I know that there's a lot of people out there who are experiencing anxiety and it's getting in the way of their daily functioning. That jittery body or the unhelpful chatter and all those what ifs that run through our mind. So, You may have thought about seeing a GP or a psychologist for help, but I'll be running two four-hour workshops where we'll cover three major areas to improve resilience for your mind and your body. And I want you to feel the freedom from that worry and anxiety that holds you back. So all you have to do is to head over to the events page at carriethompsoncasey.com. That's Thompson without a P. And the Brisbane event is on the 24th of March and the Gold Coast event is on the 27th of March. If you think this event would be helpful for you, then it would be great to see you there. So thank you all for joining me and I'll see you on the next episode of The Abnormal Psychologist where we share real people's stories and give you real ideas so that you can realise your potential. Take care, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.